the New Zealand Tech Podcast. Brought to you by Guerrilla Technology. Proactive and strategic IT. Greetings and welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. We're at episode 461. And in the studio today, Rob O'Neill joining the show. Welcome, Rob. Thanks, Paul. Good to be here. Now, maybe you can remind listeners where you fit into this uh, big, wide world of tech uh, and journalism I, I, in New Zealand. I guess I'm a long-term tech and business journalist. I've done uh, all sorts of things, um, starting in the 1990s with uh, Computer World and um, and uh, Bits and Bytes. Some of the older older uh, viewers might, or listeners might, might recognise that name. Uh, through to Sunday Star Times business section and then on to um, uh, Computer World, um, Reseller News, um, NBR, column in NBR at the moment. So, yeah. Excellent. I've oh, for a lot of years. It's a privilege to have you uh, have you back on the show, Rob. It's great to be back. Uh, and you know, we'll, we'll maybe dive into uh, one or one or two things that you've been uh, you've been writing about recently. Um, first up, Collapse OS. Uh, this was something that you uh, you mentioned to me. I hadn't heard about it at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, this concept of an operating system uh, built for uh, for use post apocalypse. Yeah, post apocalypse <laughs> users, however the, many there may be. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a nifty idea. I mean, it's hard to, hard to know whether it's serious or not. But um, yeah, basically this uh, this um, Collapse OS. I, I don't know whether to say Collapse OS. Yes, or oh, yes. Yeah. Calypso, Calypso, or something along those lines. But uh, it's, uh, it's designed, as you say, to uh, to to run um, after we're all um, after the sea has risen or the nuclear bombs have gone off or something like that. Um, but it runs on a Z80 processor, so he's, he's designed this uh, operating system to be able to run on basically what um, what they think is the the most common processor ever. You'd be able to scrounge it out of rubbish tips or out of old machinery or whatever, and you'd, yeah. be able to, you'd be able to piece together a working or a workable computer. My guess is that it doesn't do very much. Um, that you'd have to treat it a bit like a, a Raspberry Pi or something like that, and and then build on top of it to make it actually function and do do whatever it is you want to do. But it's a it's a nifty idea. I mean, you know, we we live in uncertain times, don't we? And uh, you know, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, look, I, I'm sure there'll be a, there'll be a bunch of people that'll uh, you know find this as the this is a project they want to get stuck into. You know, it's open source, so you know developers can uh, yeah, you know no doubt jump on, jump yeah, on board yeah. and and. Uh, and and contribute and really interesting that it's um, you know can run on Z80 processor. I mean, I remember the Z80 from my you know uh, yeah very, pretty much earliest days of yeah, sort of yeah. you know dabbling with, with tech back into you know early 1980s. And I think you did a little bit of research and, and found that uh, it was 1976. I think maybe that the the Z80 was uh, was was conceived. It was when it was launched. Yeah. Yeah. It, launched. Uh, but it's effectively still being produced, which I is mean, it's, it's, amazing. It's, it's had a very long life yeah. uh, coming through. Um, I guess the the, the, system, the gaming systems into printers and all sorts of things in various different incarnations. Um, and uh, there are people making um, variations on that now, or, or mm. chips based on that right now. So it's, yeah. it's a, actually quite an incredible story in its own right. Yeah, yeah, fascinating. Uh, now, one of the stories that caught my attention late last week was Dyson killing off their. Uh, electric car project and look for me Dyson wasn't a company that I really paid any attention to other than yeah maybe in the in the last year or two it sort of they, they came onto the radar a little bit they seem to be um, you know quite an innovative company in terms of 
their approach to their products, coming out with things that were quite different to what others were doing, mm. uh, you know, often with a, a real element of, of research going into, uh, you know, come up with something that was different or better than what was in the market already. Uh, certainly seeing the, the, you know, elements of technology uh, tying into uh, to various things and, you know, have your fan tied up with a Alexa so you can uh, voice control turning your, your heater on or yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. calling on um, and yeah, most recently uh, trying out this little uh, little fan they've got which is a, a personal fan I think it sells in the New Zealand market for about $500 uh, that is designed to uh, clean the clean the air that it throws at you, mm-hmm. uh, and then you can pinpoint exactly um, have it you know point directly at you. So you know if if you're um, you know have allergies, yeah. then you know this can make sure it doesn't doesn't have to clean the air for everybody in a, in a building if you're in a working space, but might be what comes to you when you're sitting at your desk or when you're trying to sleep at night that you get some you know nice filtered air uh, and and you know that, that sort of cooling airflow still most famous for the vacuum cleaners though. yeah yeah, yeah that's, that's the fine. iconic vacuum cleaner and uh you know it's um i don't even know if you can call them a vacuum cleaner they are a vacuum cleaner i suppose but uh yeah i mean i guess the the big question is would you buy an electric car from this from this brand or from this company um would you buy an electric car who would you buy an electric car from i mean they've all they've all kind of tainted themselves maybe with the exception of nissan you know i mean they've all had problems you know and, and allegations thrown their way um um, I guess if you're buying something of that kind of value, you have to look at the financials of the company and see whether they're still going to be around to support the product or yeah, or I know their guarantees. Lots of things to consider, right? Lots of things to consider. And you know, having just gone through that with with Tesla recently, um, and still, you know, I've bought something that. I know to a degree as a as a gamble in terms of you know, will the company still be around, uh, you know will they deliver on on promises which mm-hmm. you know w- with Elon Musk is it can be a pretty variable in terms of timings mm-hmm. and so on, uh, and it's it's taken you know Tesla over a decade to get to where they are now, mm. and they're still not a profitable business so. I'm sure Dyson, you know, and what they're saying is they actually they developed the car. They they were you know they were sort of ready to go to the yep. next stage. Yeah, yeah. They built uh, factories. They built factories. Yeah, they've spent they? yeah. at least quarter of a billion dollars <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. on uh, on getting to this point. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, huge amount of R and D, and then I guess they've had to weigh up. Well, what will it take to get to that point where it really works? And if you uh, you know I guess look at Dyson as a mm. business, they would be risking absolutely. You know everything to uh, mm. to go down this channel unless, no, unless they launch a whole separate business to do it. Yeah, but do they have the scale? I guess is what you have to ask. ask yeah. themselves. I don't know how they were funding it. Whether it was just a direct subsidiary, or whether they had other investors in and all that kind of stuff. But was there some stuff about a battery? Did they invent a battery around this as well? Um, I'm not yeah. sure yeah. about well, the battery numbers. tech. Although yeah. uh, you know, the motors seems to be an area where yeah, they've yeah, really yeah. been innovating. Yeah, yeah. And you know, of course, their vacuums have have moved uh, to cordless in in recent years, and, mm-hmm. and you know, and have got 
you know very very good from yeah, you know yeah. using um, using the la- last uh, last couple of models that they've sent in to to review it I mean it seems strange to be sent these uh, you know consumer consumer goods to uh, review as a tech person but actually when you you know when you have a look this, at the breakdown of technology um, isn't it? yeah, yeah, the, yeah. There, there's there's a, there's a lot uh, a lot to it and um, yeah certainly they've they've figured out the the you know how to produce you know good uh, fast and 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 efficient motors from a, a battery side they seem to have their head around that but yeah I'm kind of curious around well a who would buy from Dyson I, you know I guess if you already have Dyson products would you lean towards a brand like Dyson mm-hmm. or and when I sort of think of Dyson as a brand they tend to be at the top end of the of the market they're in that you know similar space um, and then some maybe to to mm. Apple for instance uh, you would imagine there would be a crossover within the New Zealand market with people that would be buying more expensive uh, brands of vehicles do, would you see your vacuum cleaner brand? Uh, year, you know, would you would you transition from having say a BMW mm. uh, or an Audi or a Tesla to having a Dyson car? Mm. Does that does maybe, you know, can the brand be stretched that well, far? Maybe they just rebrand it. I mean, maybe you know, it's, yeah. it was still early days. They were miles away from mm. getting anything mm. into commercial uh, production. So at some well, they were point, talking they about twenty twenty one as a as a potential oh, launch right, date. Well, so they were trying to do it very very maybe quickly. Maybe that's why they cancelled it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it, I mean, yeah, it's fascinating to me. The, the I guess trying to work out the behind the scenes what mm. may or may not have taken place. And I think that's a good question. Would mm. they have come out with a whole separate brand, a whole separate company? My recollection, what I heard about Dyson, seemed to be that uh, James Dyson in the early days did have a have a have an investor who he bought out mm. and that he's had complete you know complete control over mm. the business mm. it's been a private business so to get into a and you know into a, into a car business mm. I would imagine you would need billions and billions of dollars of investment to, yeah, yeah. to, to get to the point of break even yeah, totally, and yeah. I mean if the Tesla store is anything to go by yeah. you're talking quite a number of years billions yeah. thrown into it and no guarantee that you're going to land on top because I mean how far behind the other players are you and, yeah, and I mean, you look, you what's look, your differentiation what's what would Dyson do that would be dramatically better than the others yeah yeah and if you look at you look at the the landscape as it is at the moment you've effectively got um, got um, Tesla and you've got other car makers, people who already make cars, like mm. the, the BMWs. Are the, the, in China, it's a different landscape altogether. There's yes. a bunch of new companies coming up with electric cars of one kind or another. Um, it's very lively over there. But it seems to be, apart from uh, apart from Tesla, we're, we're pretty much getting our cars from the same same suspects that we, yes, get, yeah. we get our petrol driven cars from. I guess just, as, a, as a Tesla owner, what do they do about batteries? What do they say about battery replacement or recycling? Um, they, I mean, they have they have options to be able to do that. Most people haven't got to that point because the the, mm. uh, the warranty is, I think, certainly in the New Zealand ones, is eight-year um, or 160,000 kilometer warranty so mm. that's gonna mm. that's gonna cover people for a reasonable period of time and then if you've got a vehicle that's that old that you've had from new mm. uh, I guess it's it may be more likely to enter the second hand market mm. mm-hmm. than for the original 
uh, you know, buy uh, to, to necessarily yeah. uh, upgrade the batteries. But you know, I do believe they have you know they have those processes and mm-hmm. um, you know in place. Uh, but there does seem to be a, a, a still a, a fair bit of variability in terms mm. of how practical it is across some of the car brands. Yeah. And one of the situations I you know heard about recently, someone was you know basically saying it was you know the ditch, ditch the car. It was going to cost so much for them to get uh, to get a new right. new, ba- new battery from. Uh, it might have been a was that a Nissan Leaf possibly uh, and uh, you know an older one so yeah, yeah. there there are some challenges and of course there's a lot of work going on on the recycling front uh, but we're not quite there yet in terms yeah, of that yeah, being yeah. practical and of course New Zealand being long way are. away yeah, and yeah. so on um, but it's not necessarily easy for us to tap into those sorts of programs that's that right we have to send these things work elsewhere. very heavy things yeah. offshore yeah. 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 yeah kind of does a lot of the good work yeah um, so yeah, it's, I mean it's fasc- fascinating, fascinating time. Um, if, yeah, for 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 those with uh, with bigger budgets, you know, Porsche have just jumped in. Porsche with the um, uh, take take uh, was it the Taycan? Sorry, get the pronunciation right. They're, they're um, actually very sporty cars, aren't they? Mm, Electric cars. Mm, they've, they've got mm. an, an incredible uh, performance, um, acceleration, and so forth. So they, you know, they're, they're actually very impressive from that point of view. It's not why people, most people, buy them, but that's uh, that's just. Yeah, well, I mean, certainly, certainly, you know, part of the mix, and certainly at that that higher end of the market, it's um, mm, mm. yeah, they are a lot of fun to drive. That's mm, you know, mm. I think that that's probably you know one of the one of the one of the key uh, you know aspects in terms of the acceleration mm. and um, and. And, and handling is, is very very good for anyone that is interested in the um, in the Porsche um, Taycan. We did talk about that on the uh, electric vehicle podcast. I was uh, I was filling in, so there's an episode uh, that should be online around the same time that this episode goes online. Uh, around that with. Uh, David Linklater, who's a, a journalist uh, here in New Zealand, motoring journalist for uh, Stuff, and uh, he was the the sole uh, Kiwi journalist who uh, who got to uh, spend some time with it in uh, uh, in Europe. And uh, yeah, it's it, from uh, uh, his review of it, it, uh, it it sounds pretty impressive. Um, but it's going to be a smaller percentage of the market mm. that's uh, got three hundred thousand dollars to and you can uh, sneak up on people uh, as well to throw at that. So. Uh, Yes, they're very very quiet. I don't hear you coming. Yeah. And your honky horn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, now on to I guess um, a you know somewhat related topic the the world of um, autonomous cars. It, that's an area that in some ways is sort of creeping up on us. I mean, we do talk a fair bit about it here on the New Zealand Tech Podcast, but yeah, generally we're not, you know, we're not seeing these these vehicles around the place, uh, you know, here in New Zealand other than the, um, you know, in terms of if you've got uh, Tesla, then, yeah, you're, 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 um, you're driving something that is, um, you know, I, I guess uh, a test of what, you know, at some mm. point in the future will, you know, hopefully become a, a fully autonomous vehicle. There is a local crowd doing it. I think they they run them. They were running some down in Christchurch or something. Oh, this yeah. Omeo, yeah, Omeo, yeah, with their yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, probably the nearest with, we've got with their little sort of you know yeah. um, small bus type that's things. Right. And yeah, I think yeah, yeah. yeah they've got yeah. something with uh, Christchurch International Airport, that's right. haven't they? That's right. Yeah. Um, so uh, you know, some certainly some um, experimentation going on and R and D and elements. I think their ones are more like uh, more like a 
a train without the tracks, as it were, in terms yeah. of they tend to go on a you know on yeah. a very set path. That's right. They're kind of uh, a campus solution, aren't they? Really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, which is 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 good, right? And mm. you know, if we can make that stuff work from from New Zealand, I think that's you know, yeah, it's great it's fantastic. Mm. Um, but Waymo, uh, you know, I guess from my point of view over the last couple of years, seemed to be. And and looking back further, really, you know, it was Google seemed to really start this whole push to uh, to autonomous or you know driverless uh, vehicles, and so yeah, interesting to read that they're. Um, uh, they're move, moving forward in a couple of areas. Uh, they've been testing in San Francisco, uh, sort of near near to the the Google uh, campus. There, uh, they've been testing in uh, Arizona, but they're also now extending into uh, Los Angeles. Mm. So obviously, there's some you know confidence is is building in the technology, uh, and the the word is that. They now have enough confidence that they're moving to uh, offer autonomous rides, and they've got a an Uber-like uh, ride-sharing app for Waymo, mm. uh, moving towards offering those autonomous rides without a backup driver. Mm. Um, that yep. to me is a, is a really big is a really big step, and it's in some ways it seemed a bit laughable that you know you'd jump in an autonomous vehicle, but there's you know yeah. someone sitting there waiting for it to stuff up. And, and, <laughs> what are they uh, doing? You know, there's no, doing? no confidence. And then you know, of course, we saw the Uber uh, example where they had somebody sitting behind the wheel who obviously had a heightened level of 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 trust. And mm. um, look, you know, have having spent time with some of this technology, I, you know, I, I understand that. Um, but they had that heightened level of trust and, and yeah. ran somebody. Over, which is you know, yeah, I'm, not 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 a nice uh, position to be yeah. in. On one level, this is very similar to the Dyson story. You know, you, you've got uh, uh, Google effectively moving into a new area, which seems on the face of it not particularly related to what Google does. Yes, but then you realise, of course, there's tracking and there's all these other technologies. Just like Dyson with their electric car, that you know they had the, they had a bunch of those technologies in their other products. You know, so it's not that big a crossover, but they're coming from different sides. One's from the manufacturing side, and one's from the tech side, and they're the, kind of heading into a, in, into similar sort of directions. Yeah, yeah. although I like I like that. Um, uh, that that, that uh, Waymo are doing it on a basis where they're partnering with uh, mm. you know with the auto manufacturers, so they can focus on really innovating oh, where systems. it matters, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know leave leave it to you know the likes of um, uh, Jaguar with their iPace, with you know they're partnering there and um, and and others to actually deliver. Um, the you know the, the physical yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, equipment. So yeah, quite. Um, Quite interesting to see that. Uh, pro- so the question is, would you jump into one of those cars now? Well, I think if they're if they're putting that on the road, and you know, I've seen them driving around, uh, you know, around Silicon Valley, and um, yeah, and and other you know other areas, and I, you know, I think if they they've got the data, um, if they're willing to drive you from point A to point B. I would be reasonably relaxed about that personally. <laughs> um, that that said, if you ask me, if you know, if I would be as confident uh, 
with a Tesla to do the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I very much like that their their software uh, encourages you to have your hands on the wheel. Uh, you know, most most of the time. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Especially here in New Zealand, where they've got a you know, much smaller fleet of vehicles, and of course, yes, they are all connected to to the internet and can feedback data if you've you know if you've ticked the boxes accordingly. Mm-hmm. So they are collecting data around how things work on our on our roads. Uh, but you realise there's so many little intricate situations that their software has to be able to account for, and so yeah, the uh, the the A, A to B um, yeah, in, it, in a Tesla right now. If, yeah. if you know if they would have flicked some switches and turned that on tomorrow, uh, yeah, I'd be I'd be sitting in the driver's seat, keeping my hands very close. It's, to it's the a hell of an achievement, really, because the complexity involved in that is just just mind blowing. Yeah, know, there's, there's just about everything you can imagine working in those cars, sensor technology, everything. You know, it's um, it, it is an incredible achievement. If they, even if they can get a working prototype. Let alone uh, yeah. commercialise it. Yeah. Um, I think there are some quite big differences in the way in in Waymo's approach compared to there's Tesla, there's Mobile Eye, who um, you know, now owned by Intel, the Israeli mm. firm, who uh, there there seems to operate uh, you know primarily based on cameras rather than on on lidar. I think mm-hmm. that's still uh, still the case, uh, which the Teslas work on. Uh, Waymo, uh, you know, heavily utilise lidar, which is you know still a, a very yeah, expensive yeah, yeah. technology. So it, it does add quite a chunk if you've got multiple lidars, you know, attached to mm-hmm. a vehicle. Uh, so I think that that's probably a key part of their success at the moment. But also, I believe that they they put a lot into mapping out the roads in the areas mm. they go. Tesla and and some of the other approaches are you know are designed to be such that they will they will just cope with whatever um, mm. with whatever they're given wherever you are it doesn't have to be mapped out and and they will you know they will deal with it which is, is yeah. what brings up some of the unusual situations and uh, you know I, I already I guess pushed the limits a little bit of the the, the model the model three uh, around Auckland you know they're saying hey this is designed for the motorway and I'm looking at a road going well you know I can see there's a marking in the middle of the road and yeah maybe there's something on the left maybe there's something it can figure out it's saying it can mm. do it so I'll I'll you know I'll turn on autopilot and see how it goes and, yeah, so, uh, so what, does, know, what does 5G up? bring to that equation I mean when we get 5G because that's that's often talked about in the context of, of autonomous vehicles and, and, and vehicles and control yeah, systems as well yeah it is so these are currently satisfi- satellite based systems effectively yep. yeah well I, you know I think the, the, I'm I'm interested to hear more about that and I haven't mm. heard anything yet that has really convinced me about the importance of 5G in right. autonomous vehicles mm. uh, or convinced me in terms of understanding, joining up the dots, okay, I understand why we must have this. Right. Uh, because there will be scenarios, and, and I guess this is what I like about the Tesla approach is, is um, even though it doesn't work yet, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, is developing something that will work, you know, completely un, you know, un, un, untethered to mm-hmm. uh, to the outside world, uh, because we will go places which either won't have five G or won't have Absolutely, any yeah, yeah. any any connectivity. Um, but I know part of, part of it is being able to collect the mass amounts of data, and if we are going to end up being 
maybe a, a hybrid where, where we need to draw on those large amounts of, of data of particular locations, right, right, city right. locations and so on. No, so having 5G where you can A, upload everything, maybe everything that the car sees, mm-hmm. And so you can all, you know, you imagine Tesla's whatever, half a million to a million somewhere, you know, that's certainly Mm. over the half a million range now. All of those vehicles are sort of feeding back. And I saw the other day one of the, you know, the Google vehicles that drives around for Google Maps and sort of, you know, takes the, the, the street view shots. Well, that is surely something that will just be totally irrelevant in a, in a pretty short space of time. We've got enough you know, connected vehicles on the road that will be collecting that. Why would you need to have a vehicle specifically going out and doing that when you mm. can, you know, you've got a fleet that can just can collect that same data anyway? You know, it's, it's interesting to think about that. Um, I, I, was, I came across a system the other day called Lucas. It's the, it's the way New Zealand tracks its, um, its uh, carbon emissions from land use. Right? Yes. Um, so I, I can't remember what, what Lucas stands for, but it, it relies on uh, cloud-free satellite data and they still as far as my, my reading can, is, can see there's still parts of New Zealand that where cloud free satellite data is not available yes. so I, we've, I think they have got something like 97% but there's 3% that's still cloudy on, still, on the maps we, we, so, yeah, yeah, okay. and they also don't have they're also trying to backward engineer some of this stuff to uh, to before 1990 because obviously they're trying to track things over time right. you think something like that we would have right um, yeah, just a, yeah. a, a cloud free map in New Zealand but apparently not not, not quite exist almost there Wow. so there's still these sort of gaps yeah. in, in, in things that kind of in retrospect you think are, are obvious but mm. uh, yeah. Mm. yeah so I know um, actually some New Zealand journalists have just been away on a on a uh, an event in uh, Europe looking at looking at 5G and some of its use cases and uh, you know where that where that's going to fit so I'm no doubt we'll be seeing a, a little bit over the over the next uh, little while I just saw some uh, you know Facebook or Instagram things from Chris Keel mm-hmm. I'm not, not sure who else might be um, might be on on that uh, but there, there certainly do seem to be uh, situations where that would be very handy and the idea of a you know of a vehicle that can that can capture huge amounts of data and push it up to the cloud and then you apply um, machine learning seems, your seems very so benefit, yeah, you know, yeah, ben- yeah. beneficial, uh, and and vice versa, being able to you know pull 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 down information a- as you go. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see how that uh, how that progresses. We apply facial recognition to all that data as well. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, we need to maybe have a little bit of caution from a you know privacy perspective around uh, well, you know what what you do with that, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You got you know, the details on of on, who <laughs> you know where where anybody is almost twenty four seven. Join up the dots on uh, on that stuff. Um, now I, I see that uh, I saw a story in the NBR to do with the um, um, you know the 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 OCR uh, OECD um, and their work on uh, digital services tax and you know there's this this ongoing um, challenge you know that, that that we have I mean I certainly look at look at New Zealand and we've got the the Amazons and uh, Facebook and a whole raft of international uh, players who are becoming, you know, over time become more and more important uh, to New New Zealand and yet we haven't really figured out how to tax them at all. And I think as globalisation becomes more and more the norm and I know we you know let, let's say look at streaming we, we look at Sky we look at what Spark are doing uh, and look you know hopefully 
our lo- our local entities will still have a place in mm. another ten, you know, years time or, or or so. But there's certainly no you know no no guarantee of it. And we look at say you know Amazon in terms of just having you know such dominance as a as a retailer. Well, look, there is a potential that we end up with a very different world in terms of who are the vendors that we're we're buying our even our groceries from mm-hmm. uh, when we get further out. That you know they have this potential to be really really dominant. And I guess you know my concern around that is well. You know how how do we tax these uh, uh, these outfits? It's already a challenge to a degree right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but if their dominance keeps growing at the you know at the pace that it has, yeah. And when you look in the U.S. market, Amazon uh, controls. You know, I think uh, maybe it's uh, it's greater than fifty percent of all you know e-commerce, all all transactions. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, retail transactions. Uh, done online in in the US market. Yeah. Uh, if that were to be the case in New Zealand, and we haven't figured out yeah. how to how to tax that, that would that would be a that would really really mess with our economy. Yeah. This this was a challenge before the Googles and the Amazons came along. And like like you said, I mean, for instance, there's uh, several companies at the moment, um, uh, tech companies, being um, ordered for what's called transfer pricing. So Cisco's already settled. Cisco New Zealand's already made a settlement with IID. We're waiting, I think, on Microsoft and SAP and Oracle. Um, those are the ones I know about. Um, mm. They've all put little notes in their account that, that they're undergoing a tax audit, audit of one kind or another. Mm. So that's um, that's the traditional thing where, where you're, you're shifting your profits or there's a possibility you might be shifting your profits or you yeah. might be um, um, paying too much for services from your parent company, which gives you a big deduction locally and the money goes offshore. Um, that's the way it usually works. But, I mean... That's the old. That's the old way. What we're talking about now uh, are organisations which um, which sell massive amounts of stuff um, locally, mm. um, but have a very tiny business here. Yes, right? um, and that tiny business um, is 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 um, basically accounting for a fraction of the, not the sales value. It's mm. it's really just a services company providing a service to the parent company in the US. Yeah. So the question is, is that fair? Um, it, it does require us to reconceive of. Of the rules of tax, right, which mm, have always relied mm. on a, a permanent place of business yes. as being the first test, and then other tests would flow on from that. Um, so, yeah, it is a big change, and obviously, New Zealand was prepared to shaping up to go it alone if the OEC didn't. So, this is a big relief, I think, to everybody that uh, New Zealand doesn't have to do this alone because Donald Trump was was um, shaping up to respond to any moves along those lines, and uh, I don't think it would have been a very pleasant experience for New Zealand to to try and tackle that one on its own. So, no, fairly probably fairly hard for us to you know, lead the way on that front, and you know, something that really needs to have the buy-in of yeah, of yeah. lots of other uh, you know countries and 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 so on. So yeah. you know if. Uh, if we can hang in there, and the OECD can uh, come up with something that is good and reasonable and palatable, and so on, mm-hmm. and it doesn't take decades to get well, there, yeah, then, the, uh, you know, it, that, it probably will take a while. I mean, it, the, good. I think their the proposal was lacking in virtually any detail whatsoever, mm. wasn't it? Uh, so it's more like a statement of, um, of in principle that this is the way they're going to go. But uh, there were some possibilities that New Zealand might end up with nothing under under some schemes because there might end up being a threshold and we might just be too small to, to appear over that threshold. So Yeah, so there's going to need to be a way to, to customise and sort of balance that for yeah, yeah for, for different markets. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I, yeah. I think it, you know, genuinely something we've got to, you know, we've got to be watching quite closely and, mm. 
and yeah, as a as an economy, I think it's something that we that we have to work out. Um, look, I hope uh, yeah that we're able to see the right levels of innovation and support and so on that our that our you know our local companies and our local brands mm. will will flourish and you know ideally be doing such a good job that they can stretch into you know into other markets and and you know we we balance up what we're importing with with what we're exporting but that's not something that you know anybody can 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 guarantee exactly what it's going to look yeah, like in the yeah, future yeah. so uh, yeah this work is is really important um, now something that I came across last week was with um, you know the, the the things that have ha- been happening in um, uh, in Venezuela have led to uh, to sanctions being uh, being put uh, in place by uh, by the Trump administration uh, in in August and one of the curious uh, side effects of this was that basically Adobe had to pull out of offering uh, services to the Venezuelan market. Mm-hmm. And this, to me, just, just sounds you know, absolutely bizarre. So you know, people that have uh, subscribed to Adobe Creative Cloud, you know, maybe you, you, know, you will have, whether it's individual people or, or large businesses, uh, you know, graphic designers and motion video folks and, and all sorts who are using these tools mm-hmm. and that's how they make their livelihood and uh, basically, you know, being told that, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> sorry, you'll no longer be able to use the software, you'll lose access to, uh, you know, ongoing subscription and even, you know, data and so on. Now, it, it turns out it's not ending up you know quite as bad as what initial uh, reports were suggesting and I think even Adobe themselves may have may have misunderstood some of the constraints and it looked like yeah people that had actually paid a year subscription in advance weren't even going to get a refund for mm-hmm. uh, the difference because of the US rules but I think that's been um, yeah analyzed yes, a little bit further and they're able to at least to stuff they're able not. to at least refund the the yeah. money but um, <laughs> there are going to be a whole lot of you know a yeah, whole yeah. lot of people that are that are high and dry and yeah, trying yeah, to yeah. you know either fake their location with VPNs and things. <laughs> I mean, just yeah, just yeah. sounds like a, a, a horrible nightmare. I mean, yeah. just imagine that you know New Zealand had we'd done something, and you know suddenly oh yeah you know your data that's in the Google Cloud, the Microsoft yep. Cloud, the Amazon Cloud, your access to Adobe and this or that. Well, actually, mean, we, you we, know you would destroy an economy yeah, if, if you know if, if it went to that extent. We, we can count ourselves lucky that a it's happened in Venezuela. And B, it happened to Adobe's Creative Cloud rather than some of the other ones you mentioned because um, th- it could literally bring a country to a halt. Yeah, um, it was just just nuts. And I mean, I haven't uh, I haven't seen enough to explain why this impacts Adobe's Creative Cloud, and we haven't seen headlines about access to all of the other uh, you know offerings, you know, yeah. Microsoft Office and you know. <laughs> Um, G Suite and so on. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It is interesting. Um, uh, I, I don't really have an answer for that, but it, it, this is a really interesting um, warning shot, I guess. That you know, that we, we've we've gone down the road to cloud, and there's all sorts of reasons for that, all sorts of benefits for that. Uh, we've talked about uh, the perils of various perils: security, data sovereignty, all, all those kinds of different issues. 
But um, I don't think I've ever really heard anybody talking about the effect of sanctions and in, 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 in that in that mix. No. Um, and we're heading into a world that's a far less certain place than it, than it has been. You know, a rules based. We used we lived in a world's based a rules based world um, a few years ago. We don't really live in that same kind of world anymore. And international uh, organisations are are under stress and breaking down. So um, I think um, this is a serious serious thing that people will have to think about. They'll just have to add it to uh, their corporate risk register which is probably quite a long thing already but uh. yeah yeah and then you know if you've got it on the register you might you might have to do something about it too yeah that's right that's um, right I mean um, you know uh, pure cloud there's been there has been a retreat I guess from the from the enthusiasm about pure clouds especially in the enterprise and everybody's coming back towards hybrid where they're mixing private and, and public cloud solutions and um, and I think that's that's partly driven by some of these concerns that what do we need to keep close and what can we afford to have have further away and and less in our control. So I think hybrid cloud solutions are really part of that answer. Um, presumably, you, you could uh, have saved everything in your Adobe suite to your desktop. I don't know. Would that have helped but, but, you? But, you but, still but, what could you do? Because yeah, you, yeah, yeah. you can no longer buy a sort yeah. of perpetual license for you know the Adobe, yeah. what well, used to be called Creative Suite, right? You could buy it and then you'd be able to you would you'd have that license or yeah, that yeah. that application, but this if it can't get verification online, uh, yeah. then you're going to be uh, you're going to be do. kicked out, and uh, the data's not much much use. Like, I mean, yeah, maybe they maybe uh, Venezuelan businesses are going to have to outsource that to you know people in other parts of the world to be able to. Uh, you know, keep keep their work going. They'll it's, have to go open source. It's, uh, yeah, well, maybe maybe someone will. Um, oh, I mean, yeah, there's there's all manner of, of things that could be done, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, um, I imagine we'll 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 hear of some rather you know, creative solutions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, come yeah. coming out of Venezuela in terms yeah, of how, how they get around this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it'd probably be uh, fairly uh, fairly fascinating, I'm sure. Now. Uh, Another one that that I guess you know falls into a you know a somewhat related category. Um, Apple uh, removed a, an app from their app store that was being used in the uh, Hong Kong protests after uh, pressure from China, and you know I think it was it was indicated that the app. Um, vi- apparently violated Apple guidelines and uh, and local laws, mm-hmm. but you. You would have to imagine that uh, this will have will have come about from some uh, government pressure, shall we? Shall we say? Yeah. I, you know, I don't think this is something that's just you know Apple have just happened to cotton on to. Yeah. Oh, this isn't this doesn't quite uh, quite line up. I wonder if the Apple guideline was it must uh, comply with local laws. Um, you know, because that's <laughs> yeah, right, right, really right. the rub. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, true. You know, it's a, a sort of catch-all in there, but I mean, yeah, I think that, you know, I, I think um, Apple said that the, the problem with this is that um, in being able to avoid the police or know where the police are, um, you can actually cr- commit criminal activity by, mm. uh, and, you know, for instance, you could commit burglaries or robberies. You could target things away from the police. Now, th- that's something that's probably applicable beyond Hong Kong, perhaps. You know, mm. and is, is is a concern. Um, the, 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 the problem there is, of course, we all know what's going on in Hong Kong, and we all know what it's being used for and why it's being used. And so also, Apple has made a series of decisions on this one, and they've, they've flip-flopped, haven't they, on this issue at least once. They've, they, they banned it, then they allowed it, and then they banned it again from memory. Mm. So there's mm. a lot of inconsistency. There's obviously a lot of interpretation. They, they, um, they seem to be having trouble interpreting their own rules. 
Yeah, and and look, the, you know these these sorts of things, you know, fall into yeah a, a, a worrying a worrying category, and it, it highlights the the challenges of operating within regimes that operate operate you know quite differently to uh, the sort of democratic um, you know nature of uh, of life and, and government uh, operation in, yeah. in in New Zealand uh, that that you know really can can um, you know flip things on its head uh, very 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 quickly yeah. and you know you can imagine if this just pushed a little bit further the next minute you've got Apple feeding data back to back to the state now um, that would be an, you know an extreme thing and I can't imagine they would ever do it because of um, you know all sorts of reasons and they're, they're very focused on um, uh, people's privacy so but uh, there, there certainly could be a software you know a software vendor uh, that has their buttons pushed enough and has enough at, at stake particularly as as China grows and it's you know importance uh, yeah. uh, commercially and to um, you know ver- varying economies where uh, yeah, m- much worse things happen than just an app being pulled. There's so many um, uh, stories now that we should be familiar with about apps feeding information to places where they shouldn't, where that information shouldn't have been fed. Now, Apple, as you've said, is is not the primary offender in that regard. Um, they they have had those issues, but um, not nearly to the extent that the, the various Android apps of one kind or another mm. uh, have had. So, um, you know, it's definitely a concern. Um, There's it's it's kind of like a black box, you know. Unless unless you actually sit down and analyse the traffic coming in and out of an app, um, you you have no idea really what's going on. You've got no certainty. You have to take it on trust to some extent. That's right. And and because these things are usually encrypted end to end anyway, mm-hmm. it's very hard to actually see what's yeah, going yeah, yeah. on, other than oh, there's some data flowing in in that direction of 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 the size or at this time without yeah. necessarily knowing exactly uh, what you know is. what what's wrapped up in there. You know because it's encrypted. Um, now, looking at the uh, a different area, but I mean, I, I guess you could you could say in some ways, uh, people people might uh, cross, cross this one into a similar area: drones. Um, now, DJI has, has been incredibly dominant in mm-hmm. the in the area of drones. Uh, Chinese based company uh, you know, Shenzhen, just across the border uh, from Hong Kong, just. I mean, nuts. I remember talking to, to to a friend some time back, and he was, oh, you know, I need this drone, and it was before I'd really delved in and, and looked too much. And he said, oh, it must be, it must be a DJI. And I said, well, surely there's, I mean, there's always multiple vendors in a market you should be able to analyse, and it won't necessarily be that particular brand. Any, any, you know, and and uh, you know, sure enough, when you when you look at the market, I mean, they've 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 just. You know, delivered uh, for certainly for most sort of you know consumer type uh, scenarios and photography and, and video type stuff up to a certain level. Um, boy, they've just been massive, massively dominant. And when yep. you weigh up their products versus others, um, there hasn't been too much else. Um, the prices are very sharp too. And and yeah, I mean, in terms of bang for buck, it's uh, yeah. it's 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 pretty good and. I guess that's one of the advantages that that they get over you know owning the owning the market is uh, that they get uh, they get they get more efficient and of course mm. being being based in China without sort of a, a heavy load of 
developers and uh, yeah, publicity and marketing mm-hmm. teams based in in US. Uh, you know, a lot of their running costs are a, a whole lot lower. Yeah. Um, that said, they haven't got everything perfect, and they 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 had some internal issues. I think it was you know in the last uh, year where um, staff were were. Uh, doing something along the lines of sort of siphoning off funds. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure of that, that it ever came out what the exact thing was, whether it was fake invoicing scams or whatever, but uh, a bunch of people sort of you know left under a cloud. Um, but, you know, I had heard about this company Skydio before and uh, saw some news that uh, they've got a, a new uh, drone coming through the Skydio uh, two, which is is uh, a you know, follow me type drone, as well as being one you can you can control in a you know in a in a traditional uh, manner. Now their their previous one um, did get a bit of attention, and it was coming in at about a two and a half thousand uh, dollar US price point. They seem to have um, improved their technology. And uh, and they're bringing bringing down the um, the price of, of the top of my head, and I can't see it here. Um, was under a thousand dollars US under, for, think, yeah. for this uh, uh, this this new drone, and it's um, quite a piece of work too, isn't it? Yeah, it yeah. looks uh, looks very cool. So um, yeah, we we will see. But I you know I think it's it's always good uh, to see the market stir, stir, stirred up a little yeah. bit, and so, you know hopefully it gets gets enough uh, attention, yeah. and they can uh, they can get all the bits and pieces of their te- technology sort of you know working very smoothly. Yeah, it's, it's great for the active narcissist, you know. Um, so it's, it's follow me, I guess, as as is AI. Broadcast me live. <laughs> Broadcast me doing fancy stuff yeah. on my on my mountain bike or yeah. skis or whatever. But I mean, it, it, it does. It, it follows you through. You can choose. You you've got a group of people. You can select the person on the screen. Just press press that person. It'll start following that person, no matter what they're doing. Even when they go out of sight, there's the I think it's called the probe as the device you can carry with you, and that'll yeah. So you got yeah. Maybe so it'll still follow you or something even blocking when you're out of sight. It'll follow you and yeah. it'll pick you up as you come out of the trees and things like yeah, that yeah. it really was spectacularly good yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah if you're in if you're into drones definitely um, that's that's probably one worth worth having a little bit of a look at and um, yeah certainly I'm I'm you know, a little bit, little bit curious about uh, about about these things uh, now um, closer to home one of the things that you've been writing about uh, in the last couple of weeks Rob is this um, government protection procurement policy broader uh, outcomes and you're writing about this in uh, uh, reseller news can you run us through what uh, what what's going on there this was kind of kind of curious I guess you know when we, when we look at our government they, they procure a lot as it relates to uh, technology uh, services and, and and products, mm. um, so and yeah, we had a bit of a chat before yeah, before yeah. the show. Basically, this is to uh, try and achieve more um, through government procurement money through spending. So they they wanted. Um, I guess get um, their providers, anybody who's um, supplying services and goods to the government, to, to I guess um, show how they're they're uh, helping to achieve the government's broader outcomes with with with. Uh, uh, with through procurement, so um, a lot of organisations now, for instance, will have a sustainability policy. They might have a diversity policy, and so on. 
And that is usually, if you're tendering for government business, that will usually be in the tender. It'll, you know, it's, it's part of the, here we are, this is what we're doing. We're, we're not just selling these goods, we, we, we care as well. Yeah. Um, and with the Labor government, of course, that, that stuff resonates um, probably more than it, than it has in the past. Broader outcomes is another layer of that, where there's four outcomes they're targeting. Now, I can't remember them off. There's definitely carbon reduction. There's um, growing skills in, in construction. Yeah, um, increasing access, access for, for New Zealand Pacifica. businesses, yeah. which, yeah, was, yeah. is... Yeah, partly, yeah. As, as you say, yeah. um, and improving the conditions for New Zealand workers. Oh, for New Zealand workers, right, yeah. there we go. Um, so so those now, in, in addition to whatever those companies have chosen to do off their own bat, um, or what the founders of those companies, the proprietors of those companies have chosen to do, they'll have to speak to these four as well. Um, or they, they, will, they will, they should speak to those four if, they, if they're wanting to, to win that business. So yeah, it's kind of an expansion of, um, of corporate sustainability, but uh, um, it's, it's not compulsory. But I guess if you if you want to get the business, then you have to you have to be able to address those those issues as part of your part of your bid process. Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah. I mean, it's quite fascinating to me. I you know I think it uh, you know it is important that our that our um, businesses here aren't you know aren't just looking straight at the dollar, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, but. I can imagine, you know, there there will be some situations in which, uh, you know, this might put put pressure maybe on mm. you know smaller entities that have now got more more things to be uh, to, to be game. you know yeah, thinking yeah. about and yeah. maybe they can't communicate it as as well as as, well, as yeah, some yeah. of the the larger entities. Yeah, I think that's a real issue. I mean, you, you know, obviously, obviously, you, government tenders are expensive processes, and they, even the government acknowledges that and is trying to move away towards a more marketplace model where you go through one tender process and. Um, and from then on, you're, you're part of a pool of people who can be purchased from. So, so this might be a one-off thing that you have to do. You only have to do this once to get into the marketplace, depending on whether the marketplace covers your kinds of products mm. and services. You mm. know, it's, it's fairly narrow at the moment. Um, so, so that's one thing. But I, you know, I also feel for those small business people or business people generally or organisations who've made a commitment in one direction. You know, maybe a big commitment. You know, and they said, "This is what we're going to do." Okay, yep. we're going to support. Um, uh, Project Crimson, say yeah. for instance, you know we're going to grow lots of pudicawa and rata trees and things like that, and that's the thing that they've been doing. Um, and now it's like, oh, okay, so we've got to do that, and we've got to do this, 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 and this. You know, um, to some extent, I think proprietors do like to be able to express their own beliefs and their own, um, um, I guess, um, the things that they're, yeah, they're, the things that they're passionate about, yeah, and they yeah, care exactly, about, exactly. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully, this will have the you know have the right uh, structure so that it can account for those things yeah, and yeah, and yeah, not yeah. expecting uh, you it's know, very every, early days. Every, every little organisation yeah. to be to be matching up, and you know, I hope that they're reasonably you know, pragmatic around the way that they. Uh, they they operate it, but um, look, I mean, I, I guess we um, we did we did hear about some. Uh, well, I think there was one particular business in Christchurch um, after the the, the the shootings there mm-hmm. uh, that was you know very much they seem to be like you know Nazi kind of type leanings and 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 you know things that were you know quoted on their their vehicles and and other bits and pieces. So you know we, no, we don't want to be encouraging. You know that that sort of craziness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you know there, there's 
there is some, you know, maybe some wisdom in, um, you know, in, in these approaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but I, you know, it comes down to getting it getting it right and, uh, you know, balancing it accordingly. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, hopefully they, 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 they do land it well. Yeah, so this is the first. I think the, f- the categories are the first four, so there may be more coming and it may mm. be that you can choose certain ones maybe it'll become more like a list of things yeah, that you can do yeah. rather than things that you must do or you must address right. I mean, they're not really saying that you have to do those things they're saying you have to be able to speak to those things yeah. really so that's yeah. um, that's uh, what are you doing and uh, is no we're not doing anything in that regard uh, yeah. suitable answer I don't know Yeah, we'll wait and see um, Uber that's been over five years, five and a half years since they launched in the New Zealand market, doesn't doesn't seem that long ago. But I, you know, I guess there's certainly an element where, yeah, it's just a it's just a very normal thing to uh, to mm. catch it, catch an Uber. Certainly, if you're if you're in a bigger city, and you know, Uber, uh, of course, launched in Auckland. Uh, it's been in, um, you know, extended from there into Wellington and Christchurch, Queenstown, Dunedin, Hamilton, and Tauranga. Um, but they, in the last uh, in the last week, have extended that again. So they had six six locations at the beginning of the month. Now they've got twelve. So they've added in um, uh, Rotorua, uh, Taupo, Napier, Hastings, New Plymouth, Palmerston North, and Nelson. Uh, that pr- provides some pretty impressive, you know, coverage around the country. I was certainly curious in those early days as to is this a model that they're going to be able to take into uh, into smaller mm-hmm. smaller mm-hmm. areas, or will we see there being a place for uh, you know uh, of the of the same size as it has been for a long time for the existing uh, you know taxi companies, mm-hmm. uh, or will Uber uh, Uber uh, you know, land there, and this maybe answers it. Uh, I don't know where New Zealand sits in terms of what they're doing in other countries, but it does seem quite unique to be hitting some really small markets uh, from the perspective of the way that you know the app works and and so on. You need there to be quite a chunk of of drivers, and the economics of it could be. Uh, you know, could mm. be somewhat variable for for drivers as well as for you know yeah. Uber themselves. They have to have a uh, a presence. So, um, I mean, my guess is maybe this is going to take a little bit of a while before they they settle. Yeah. Um, but uh, look, twelve yeah. locations. Does does that mean that they're going to then go to go to even s- smaller ones uh, yet? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, uh, you know, it's it's interesting. It's it's a big expansion, obviously, uh, geographically yeah. speaking, if not population wise. But yes. uh, um, I don't think not not sure the drivers will be the problem because a lot of drivers are uh, who are on Uber are also on Zoomy and are also on the, you know they don't necessarily use just one um, system. You know, so um, true, true. But um, I'm not sure if the, any of the other uh, ride sharing apps. As far as I'm aware, they, they don't reach into so many locations. Right, so right, there right, would, right. it would then be a crossover either with people that are already driving for a taxi company, right, which they'd probably yeah. like to get a maybe a much higher fear yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And, and, and this. So. Well, there's no doubt that Uber entering the market will reduce the fares, you mm, know. Mm. Um, and, you know, that, that raises questions, I think, about uh, about 
um, the welfare of drivers and various things like that. I mean, um, it's it's a tough business at the best of times. Uh, certainly in Auckland, it's an extraordinarily tough business. There, there seem to be um, almost too many cars, too many too many options, and people sitting around. If they're not, even if they are on some of these uh, some of these apps, they seem to sit around a lot, uh, waiting for rides rather than rather than actually driving and earning money. So I, th- I think it's a very tough business for for drivers. And um, uh, you know we've we've gone through a phase of deregulating the taxi industry, which was um, it was it led to a, 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 a plethora of different different carriers, and yes. you know with tiny little print terms on the windows that you're supposed to read before you get in, as if we as if people would actually do that and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> it was, to my mind, it was a bit of a disaster. Um, and now we've got a more or less a free for all, from what I can see. You know, Uber has Uber's just cracked that egg wide open. So. Um, and, and and yeah, and a big chunk of that money, uh, yeah. yeah, disappears offshore. It falls into that same That's category right. as, as as some of the exactly. other things. And they right? would probably be subject to that that that, that OECD stuff as well. Mm. I mean, I, my, I, as I say, many of the uh, taxi drivers these days are immigrants. They they don't necessarily have a lot of choices in terms of uh, in terms of employment options. Um, often you find they're very highly educated, but maybe their English skills aren't that great. Um, so yeah, those are the people that. Uh, that I think. Yeah, you know, from 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 that perspective, you know, probably actually quite. You know, quite useful. Uh, you know, I know it's something that uh, you know I've I've come across as you know people that are new into the country that have got high level of qualifications. Mm-hmm. There's a level of uh, you know just you know building up their 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 confidence and sort of local culture, mm-hmm. uh, the language things and so on. And um, yeah, yeah. and and you know if this is something they can squeeze in around whatever else that they're uh, they're doing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah May, may be quite oh, a useful way to get to get paid to do it, but it's a good perspective too. Um, there is that aspect that uh, if if what we're talking about with the autonomous vehicles, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> ar- arrives at some stage within yeah, yeah. The, the you know the, the the next few years, that uh, then that 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 uh, option for people may well disappear, um, as well, yeah. disappear or, yeah. or, or shrink dramatically. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, there's there's one last topic to uh, to talk about. It's been, uh, we've been talking about this for seems like uh, years to, to to some degree as as the sports uh, and and content streaming in New Zealand. Um, but of course, we keep getting new information and and uh, new announcements. And in the last week, we had news that. Uh, Spark had taken the, uh, or, or you know, managed to uh, get the uh, deal with New Zealand Cricket uh, to rights to, uh, to to the games, and this was after Sky had sort of said, "Hey, we're not going to drop the ball again. We, you know, we're going to we're going to get the sports that matter," mm-hmm. uh, and it would, you know, and and you know, it would seem that. Uh, certainly, you know, cricket was one of one of those uh, one of those sports that would fall into that category, and this has moved us. Very squarely into that position now, where if you you know if you love sports, then you're going to have to get used to this new world where you have to you know pay for multiple services. You're not just going to be able to go with with uh, with, with, yeah. with one service. Uh, and so that saw I think Sky's uh, share price drop by about twenty percent on that announcement mm-hmm. or on that news coming out. And then we got uh, the announcement that sort of bounced a large chunk of the way uh, back up again. That uh, uh, Sky had acquired New Zealand rugby rights through to uh, twenty twenty five, and I mean a deal 
that that looks as though it's worth more than than what uh, the whole business of Sky was was valued at. I think we're talking around four hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, part of this was that uh, New Zealand Rugby will uh, be delivered a five percent stake in Sky TV. Yeah, this that's, that's, that's a spectacular. That's a spectacular part of the deal, really. Is yeah. that little ownership yeah. stake, which um, I think somebody put a value on it at nineteen million dollars. Mm. Um, so, but there's a lot ties, more to it than that, isn't there? Because of that, yeah, of that yeah. tie that it creates, yeah, it ties that it ties the two of them together, which some people have said is a conflict of interest. Um, you know, I don't know. I'm a cricket guy, right? Yeah, uh, um, but I'd still have to have two services to see the cricket that I want to see. Rugby, yes. rugby, same thing. Um, mm. Two at least, you know. Um, so. Yeah, this is um, – if, if you're a football um, person, you know, you probably need three or four to, to see, diff- you know, if you're following different leagues and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's getting it's, it's, it's getting difficult for the consumer, you know, especially if the consumer can't afford um, three, four different uh, – you know, because you've, you've got to have your Netflix as well, don't you? You know, there's, there's how, many, how many subscription services do you have? And now we can see why we're getting these TVs and these devices where you get a whole line of apps uh, sitting there waiting for you to subscribe, you know. That's uh, – <laughs> yes, well, I mean, on the board. on the TV side, in some ways, it's getting a little bit easier that the the need for the set top box and mm. so on is is reducing because our smart TVs are getting more capable. Mm. That said, they only get supported for so many years. So, you know, like we've just seen with with Spark Sport, if you bought an LG TV. Uh, it might have, uh, you know, maybe earlier on in the year or whatever. It's last year's model. Then mm. you, you know, hey, you know, uh, no, no good for the Rugby World Cup this year. And yeah, you know, the the um, the uh, LG I've got a little little bit older. Yep, that one's that one's not being supported, mm-hmm. even though I can run Netflix and and other things. So there's, yeah, there's a bunch of complexities. But it, I just find it, yeah, fascinating this um, this tie now that New Zealand rugby has with Sky TV and what uh, you know, I think a very smart move strategically for Sky to do that. It certainly ups the chance that come twenty twenty five. That there's that there's still a, a connection here. Now I don't know exactly what that looks like, and maybe New Zealand rugby will just will cash it in at, at you know at an appropriate time and, and are able to uh, exit from that. Or you know maybe maybe um, there, you know there are other other constraints in there. Yeah. I d- haven't read about any, but I saw Simon Mooter yeah. tweeting the other day about um, about um, being offered um, Sky at one point. Right, uh, it, uh, and it was at somewhere around seven dollars, which is miles, miles higher than it is now. I'm not sure exactly what the share price is, but it's 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 much 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 lower than that. Yeah, well, I, um, before the, this most recent announcement, I saw it had, it had dropped to around eighty one eighty one cents a, right, a, right, a, right. a share, and uh, yeah, and then it, then it uh, then it then it moved moved up. Um, yeah, following following the rugby uh, announcement, and it's at. Uh, uh, what's it here? Uh, Somewhere over a dollar. Yeah, I yeah. think yeah, a little, 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 maybe a little way over, um, over, yeah. over a dollar at the at the moment. Dollar it's a long way to get a dollar six. So they've, um, you know, they've they've yeah. they've, they've, they've bounced back after the, uh, uh, the the cricket news. Yeah. Uh, so it's a know, long, long way to seven dollars though. But yeah, that's <laughs> that. Those those days are uh, well you know are, are, are certainly gone and. It, I th- you know I think what we what we've seen with the you know the cricket going uh, to Spark 
you know, shows that they are willing to, to dig in mm-hmm. and spend some money that, uh, you know, that what they've spent so far, they're not going to uh, be be scared by uh, by Sky's yeah. threats and uh, and they're, they're going to get in there. Um, I think there, there's another aspect because we have talked about, well, is Amazon going to come in here and and try and get into into sports because they they've certainly started to do mm. a little bit of that and then they've had varying partnerships where you could maybe use the Amazon app to to stream other subscriptions uh, but you look we're looking at uh, Rugby and we're looking at cricket. Yeah. Uh, they're fairly well locked down. Multiple for, deals, uh, multi-year uh, deals. Yeah, yeah for, yeah. for you know quite a quite a number of years. So, and I'm sure that's part of the thinking. Yeah, know, yeah. We don't want a one-year deal. We want a long-term deal. And that yeah. probably works for everyone because there's mm. a lot of work that goes into uh, in, in, into cutting these uh, these deals. So back back to your trouble with your television sets becoming obsolete every five minutes. Yeah. Um, the um, doesn't that just make an argument that the that the that the the set-top box part of it is actually a necessary component, that the TV should almost be a dumb machine and that the the box on the outside should be the piece that can be changed and you feed it in through the HDMI cable. Yeah, and, the, and that's, I guess, certainly has been generally my argument from mm. the early days. I've sort of softened up a little bit on it as, mm-hmm. as the apps have got better and the TVs are more responsive and things do seem to work reasonably well. Mm-hmm. Um, but one device I've been uh, been trying out in, in the last few weeks is Vodafone sent across their new Vodafone TV. Mm-hmm. And I had the original one and, it, you know, it was, it was quite cool. But, you know, after a bit of time... Um, you know, there there were there were a few frustrations uh, with it. Um, one of them being, and this is carried across, is there is there is a chunk of content mm. that with their um, recording you can't record, which you could, if I remember correctly, and, and maybe my memory's just a little bit shot on this, but it seems like, uh, yeah, with a certainly with a. If we go back to the really old days, a video cassette recorder, you could record anything that was on TV, mm. right? And so as we moved into the the sort of DVR, the digital video recorders and so on, yeah, you you seem to be able to do the same. You could record you know anything to its local storage, yeah. and and that that was great. So there's a there's a sports match, there's a movie, there's whatever. It doesn't matter around what the content rights mm. are. You were able to record it. But we've moved into this new scenario um, now where these types of boxes you know don't don't let you. Mm-hmm. Um, but what Sky, uh, what uh, sorry, Vodaf- the the new Vodafone box, which I think has sort of you know come out of the broader Vodafone group, and um, is is you know designed to be able to be that Sky box mm-hmm. a- as well, but with with uh, Netflix and you know a bunch of other bits and bits and pieces on it as well. Uh, lets you do is it will let you roll back um, basically up to up to three days on on any of the channels right, um, right. from what I can see That's so even if you you know it's like well it's not going to let you record that well as long as you can catch it within the three days mm-hmm. then, then you're fine and so it's got this kind of you know this cloud um, you know DVR so you record as, as, as to the cloud uh, and of course they don't have to store it mm-hmm. you know 500 hours worth of content for you because there's going to be overlap with everyone else's it's quite a pretty little device isn't it it's quite a yeah yeah it's yeah, quite yeah. it's quite it's quite tidy it's not quite you know Apple TV, yeah. not that the Apple TVs. Because I've, I've got, uh, amazing, I've always had freeview boxes, you know, with DVRs right. in them. Yes, and they're, they're never yeah. pretty. No, um, no, they're no. very functional though. Yes, um, yeah. I've, yeah. Got, I've got a kind of a new one in there that I haven't installed yet, um, but. Uh, 
I'll, I'll have a look at that. Yeah. Um, I'm, re- I'm still in awe of the fact that you can record anything whenever, you know. it's uh, it, it suits me fine. Not that there's a lot, an awful lot. I guess the new one, you have apps on it, just like the Vodafone uh, TV does. But uh, Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so the new new Vodafone TV has uh, there's Netflix, and, mm. and I actually can't remember everything that, that's on there. You've got Neon. Um, they're tied up with Sky, but they've also... Uh, got Lightbox. Um, the, really, the the most obvious one that they're missing uh, would be Spark Sport mm-hmm. at this stage, and there's no haven't heard any, anything about uh, avail- availability of that. So it's really between you know, in terms of well, what what gadget would you buy? Especially because you don't need to plug in an aerial anymore because mm-hmm. all of the TV channels you're viewing are, are coming over over the internet so mm-hmm. although it just looks like you're flicking through stations in the or channels in the normal way mm-hmm. they, they're, you know, they're not coming from a satellite dish or an aerial it's, it's purely streamed so, so, so not only do you have to have multiple subscriptions you also need to have multiple boxes if Spark and Vodafone don't play nicely together Pot- yeah, pot- yeah, potentially. Yeah, the, no, that's that's. I guess yeah, that's fair to say. The um, the other gadget is the um, the free view, smart view, which is, I think the Vodafone box is around 180 off the top of my head for the um, new Vodafone TV, and the smart smart view um, is what is it about a hundred and. Hundred thirty or hundred forty in. Um, in the New Zealand, um, yeah, market, which I mean, it's I guess it's it's a specific product for the for the New Zealand market. Uh, let's check. Uh, I'm seeing here it's being sold as um, 120 at the moment by the by the looks of it. So um, yeah, I mean that that is, I guess you know maybe for your your perfect mix you would have uh, both you know both of those devices, which mm. is not a whole lot of money to spend, mm. and then mm. you've got your bases. You know, reasonably well covered, uh, and it, it's going to depend if you, you need a fast internet connection because both of those will give you access to uh, to TV, but streaming over the over the internet. So right, there are right. a range of other options for you know satellite delivered uh, yeah, TV yeah, yeah. and so on. But yeah, and uh, I would think for for most homes, plugging in one of those devices on top of what you've mm. already got, if you've got some limitation in the functionality of your smart TV, either you know, doesn't do what you want. The other gadgets you've got doesn't do what you want, uh, or yeah, you maybe your t- your TV is mm. a dumb TV, or or it's getting a little little bit older and can't run the latest stuff. I still find the high definition you get on a lot of shows these days to be a bit disconcerting. You know, it's a, it, there's something about the flatness of the screen and the high definition that you right. just can't, I just kind of sit there and go, everything feels like it's made for TV now. Mm. You know, mm. which is a strange thing to say because TV has less less quality than than, than most most movies you would expect to watch. You know, yeah. most grand movies, but I still find it a very strange aesthetic kind of thing. The uh, the high def and the color and the and the flatness of the screen. It's yeah, I think it yeah. does it does vary, you know, from uh, according to the content mm-hmm. and and also the you know the TV. I remember the 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 first sort of LCD um, and or flat flat screen TVs that were really expensive, mm-hmm. but the content on them just looked really really odd. You know, mm-hmm. you'd be throwing it's 20, fun, 20 or thirty k at, at at the screen, and yeah. it, and it did just it didn't look right. That's Whereas, the phase I'm in at the moment. You know, I, yeah. I think we've we've we're mostly when I look at a TV now not feeling the same but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, as, yeah. as that first experience but um, yeah I guess it, yeah it's gonna it's gonna vary from you know mm. situation to situation mm. yeah mm-hmm. 
Well, we have talked for a long time, Rob. Um, <laughs> I think that's uh, that's probably everything for uh, for this week. Thank you so much. It's been uh, it's been great to uh, catch up and uh, great to have your your opinions and uh, uh, discussion on the New Zealand Tech Podcast this week. So um, many thanks. Um, now, where should people look to keep up with what you're uh, you're, you're writing at the at the moment? You mentioned uh, NBR. Yeah, NBR for for my weekly column, uh, and that's usually uh, there's a video that goes along with that. We um, you know I'll write my my column and then I'll get interviewed about my column and strangely enough they are, the interview is often very different from my column so it's, it's I think it's worth looking at it's um yeah it's great it's quite a unique approach and fairly high quality uh, production value so yeah uh, that, that's the NBR one and um, for my for my news activity it's mainly on resellernews.co.nz so that's covering the business side of, uh, of the of the of the uh, the IT business I guess so channel distribution uh, users um, big projects, things going wrong, that kind of stuff. Mm, mm, mm. Well, thank you everybody for listening in to the New Zealand Tech Podcast this week. Now, a huge thank you to the organisations who are making the show possible and allowing us to invest more into the show and also to be bringing uh, journalists back into the show a bit more regularly because we're uh, in a position to be able to uh, pay for their time. So, um, yeah, special thank you to HP, to Sumo Logic, to Vocus Group, to Vodafone and to Spark New Zealand. So, yeah, huge thanks to uh, to those brands, and look, we'll look forward to catching you again on the next episode next week. Uh, now, just a little uh, little note also, we now are listed on LinkedIn, so if you want to keep up with all of the sort of in-between bits and pieces, as well as the episodes that are coming out, then uh, definitely follow NZ Tech Podcast on LinkedIn. Uh, we will certainly be posting on there uh, over time more than just the uh, the individual episodes so you know I think you'll get something out of uh, uh, being a follower there all right thanks everyone catch ya bye bye the New Zealand Tech Podcast brought to you by Gorilla Technology proactive and strategic IT